to Musicals, the musical theatre football podcast. With me, Johnny Weston. With me, Sam Ward-Smith. And for some reason, I'm here too. My name's Harvey Aspel. Join us as we divulge into the intricacies and complexities of combining the worlds of theatre with football. So, fellas, series one, episode one. Only time will tell if this can stand the test of time. But uh, I'd like to open on some really, really good news. Um, it was, in fact, bricks. I went back to clarify, was it slabs, was it bricks? And, and I can confirm that it, it was bricks. So if you haven't listened to our pilot episode and you would like to find out if my dad supplied the bricks or the slabs for St Andrews Football Club, there's no need because I can confirm it was bricks. It's Birmingham City Football Club, but it's fine. You're allowed to make mistakes. I'm I'm glad that you confirmed that because I've been sleeping really badly all week. Yeah, same actually. I think I've developed a new wrinkle in my forehead. So is this the pilot part two? And until we get picked up professionally by Sky or the BBC or something, do, do, do these keep becoming pilots? I believe so. Yeah, I think we actually will probably end up being on like pilot fifty-one before <laughs> we get picked up. Well, we'll all be flying for BA. We'll be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we all graduate pilots. But, you know, we learned a lot from the last episode, you know. I mean, Sam, we learned a lot. So, you know, it's it's all to play for, eh? you know, like football. Harvey, you as well. You learned um, Miss, uh, all about Miss Tracy Bennett, Miss Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone, yeah, Tracy Bennett. Two of my favourite people now. Well, Ooh. yeah, we'll introduce some, you know, male musical theatre stars. There's plenty out there. You've got the wonderful Ramin Karamloo, um, Alfie Bow, Michael Ball. Have you heard of them? Yes, I have. I, I know Michael Ball. Betty. He was um, Frank Spencer, wasn't he? Very close. That was Michael Crawford. But uh, you, you, you're in the right zone. <laughs> uh, it's a Michael. So the goal zone, uh, again. What's Michael Ball famous for then, outside of the musical theatre? He does a lot of presenting work now. He presents shows on like Radio 2 and The One Show. and mm. He's quite a big media personality now. He was mm. in a, doing Pirates of Penzance with Bonnie Langford in Manchester. Uh, and he got two episodes of Coronation Street while he was in Manchester. And then Sir Cameron McIntosh fled to um, the Manchester Opera House, saw him, cast him as Marius in the interval. And the rest, as they say, is history. And what a lovely link, Michael Ball. Michael Ball. Football. And I suppose we should segue into uh, our first segment, Newsy Balls. This is the part of the podcast where we discuss some of the latest news from the worlds of musical theatre and football. So this week, we're going to kick off with football. Here's a great one, right? Deadpool has bought Wrexham Football Club. Deadpool has... What, the Ryan Reynolds film? Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I'm talking about Ryan Reynolds. I was trying to be clever. Ryan Reynolds, Hollywood superstar, has bought, is now the owner, joint owner of Wrexham Football Club, a lower league team in Wales. Why Wrexham? <sighs> That's what we're all wondering. I don't know. I don't honestly know. But he, he did tweet somewhere that they're, they're the third oldest club 
in football history. And they deserve to be one of the, on the global scale as big as they are old, if that makes sense. So I think it's, it's a bit of a project. He's brought it alongside the guy who created It's Only Sunny in Philadelphia. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, on Netflix. I forget his name. I forget. I can picture him. Danny DeVito? No, <laughs> no not Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, they've gone in together and they've they, they, they put um, a, a bid forward and the fans owned that club prior to them and they they uh, they voted them to be the new owners so now they're taking over so Wrexham goes to Hollywood that makes me think of um, isn't allegedly that Tom Hanks supports Aston Villa uh, no I know who you're thinking of Prince Prince William and Tom Hanks <laughs> maybe maybe so you should know that you're a big fan of the Royals aren't you I do. I, I, I do like the Royals. Um, I do very much. And I've been enjoying the crown, as I'm sure everybody has. Um, in fact, a, a little fact there about the Royals. Did you know that um, Prince Philip and Her Majesty the Queen's song is People Will Say We're In Love from Roger and Hammerstein's Oklahoma? Mm. I did not know that. I knew that Prince Philip was quite a dodgy driver of late. That's what I've heard on the news. And Harvey, I see on our notes that you have a, uh, a second. Notes? We don't have notes. We don't have notes or a script or anything written down. England, we, we've crashed out of the Nations League this week, um, which is a big deal, really. I mean, it's not the World Cup. It's not the European Championships, but it, it ranks sort of in third, if you like, on national tournament scale. And uh, we got defeated by Belgium and we're out. With one game to play, we're playing Iceland soon and... It's a, it's a sort of a meaningless fixture now. So this was for, you've got the Premier League, this was the Nations League. So this Nation, is It's very new, it's only been around for a couple of years now. It's like the, the Nations, it's basically the, the way they're trying to jazz up friendly matches which have no jazz. Okay? Little link there, I've done a link to you. Uh, they're jazzing up friendly matches that don't have any meaning by calling it the Nations League. It gives players to sort of have something to play for but it obviously didn't work because we lost yeah I've, I've been really uh, upset to be honest that we came out of the league I, I couldn't you know bring myself to get out of bed I've been in a, a binge of eating biscuits and drinking beer and how far were we in? Um, not in enough on to the next one I guess well our condolences are with the England team I suppose <laughs> And in the world of theatre, a special recording of All That Jazz from Chicago has been released to raise funds for the theatre community during the current shutdown and to mark its 24th anniversary. It's one of the musicals, and I think kudos to the film. A lot of people who may not even like musicals like Chicago. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's... um... I only got around to seeing it. Obviously, I've, I've seen the film, uh, but I only got around to seeing that production, that iconic production, um, a couple of years ago when it came back to the West End. Essentially, the stage was just a, a blank canvas as such. All of the performers are dressed in black, aren't they? And you know, uh, Bob Fosse's choreography. Johnny, you might be able to answer this. Is it original Fosse choreography in the show? Yes, it was. Bob Fosse, with the help of Gwen Vernon, who was uh, his original... Um, Roxy, 
in in the production, um, whose understudy was Liza Minnelli. There's that very famous photo that kind of goes round every now and again, where it says that this performance of Chicago, the role of Roxy, normally played by Gwen Vernon, will be played by Liza Minnelli, which is um, a very special photo. When it, Broadway reopens, that will have a, a flock outside because people will miss that sexy black lycra. Mm. Oh. I've, st- I've started listening again. Which leads me on to my next piece of news. So, pantomime, that great British tradition. Uh, wonderful producers, Qdos, who do some of the most spectacular pantomimes in the country, um, all different places regionally. And for the last, oh, what, about four or five years, Johnny, at the Palladium, the London Palladium, they've done it there as well? Yes, indeed. Uh, we saw a big return to the Palladium pantomime in 2016, but we can't forget the very first production, uh, first pantomime that opened at the Palladium in 1948, which was Cinderella. That then closed in 1987. They had pantomimes more or less consecutively between them dates, which was Babes in the Wood. And then a real loving nod to that opening in 1948, Kudos revived Cinderella in 2016. And this will be, fingers crossed, the fifth consecutive pantomime this year, which which is very exciting, very unique this year uh, with Panto Land, a brand new spectacular pantomime, I think focused more um, independently on separate performers rather than a big ensemble. I think it feels like it's going to be a bit of a um, bit of musical variety, stand up, a little bit more sketch show rather than your big production numbers because, you know, we've all got to adapt. If 2020's taught us anything, it's that we've got to adapt. So this week, QDOS have announced that they are producing 10 pantomimes across the country. Now that is including Panto Land at the Palladium, as we were just talking about, but they are producing pantos in Birmingham, Bristol, Manchester, Milton Keynes, Newcastle, Nottingham, Plymouth, Southampton, and Stoke on Trent, which is an absolutely amazing feat to pull off, considering that we were facing the prospect in our industry of not having pantomime at all until about four or five weeks ago, Johnny. Well, I think what's, if I've learned anything from that, it's that I think all three of us have an ex-girlfriend in at least every single one of them cities. There's a, there's a, there's a famous line from, from, a, from, a pantom, from a pantomime, which you guys will definitely remember. I can't remember what it's from. Um, but it goes, um, he's behind you. <laughs> <laughs> do they still do that. Is that a real thing? Or? Uh, yeah, that is a thing. The, the shout outs in pantomime are a great tradition. That's, that's, a, that's a, a good question for you, actually. I want uh, next week, I want you to come back and tell me where that originated from. What show was that first ever featured in? Okay, you've heard it here first, guys. In pilot number three, we will we will come back with with an answer to that question. And Harvey, if you could be in a pantomime, which one would you be in, and why? Uh, it would be ooh, hairspray. And it's time for our second segment of the show. This one's called "I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours." Oh. 
Following on from our pilot episode, we discussed the phenomenal performance Patti LuPone gave during the 2008 Tony Awards when she sang Everything's Coming Up Roses, of which myself and Sam brought to Harvey's attention. So what you guys at home don't know is that we actually just paused this recording to re-watch that incredible performance. And we'd now like to get Harvey's thoughts. What did you think? Well, um, I did take some notes. The first thing I noticed is that she looks like Mrs. Doyle from Father Ted. That's the first thing I thought. But that aside, um, great set of lungs on her. Um, standing ovation at the end, so it, it obviously touched people. But what I quite enjoyed was the lyric, uh, Santa Claus and Sunshine. Uh, yeah, what, what, what else can I say? She's, she's very good at what she does. <laughs> Okay, well, now it's our turn. Harvey, what are me and Sam about to witness? What are we about to watch? A compilation of Luis Suarez's unfortunate moments on the football field. All right, fellas, well, there you go. That's a a little compilation there for you of uh, Suarez's um, not-so-good bits in his footballing career. What can you tell us about that? I mean... I'm a little bit worried. Like, is he is he malnourished or something? He's very hungry. <laughs> this is where my head went in that. When you said his name was Luis Suarez, I thought, okay, Luis Suarez, Luis Suarez. At home, he could have a soiree with his family. He could invite friends over, have a little soiree. And then I thought, as I was watching him, what could he have at the soiree? He could have some little bolivans or some chicken Kievs. And, oh, and, and a bit of that fella's arm. <laughs> he's a biter yeah it's very bizarre I've only sort of watched it again myself recently and I forgot how many times he's done it over his career um, he was a great player for Liverpool like super talented did you notice that the commentator was from Birmingham I did notice that and I thought of you yeah he he, um, he served many bands and he's, he's done he's been notorious for doing lots of naughty stuff on the field really um and by me saying naughty stuff, that doesn't do it any justice, really. But there you go. Such a talent, but such a hungry player, literally. Hungry hippo. And it's time for our third segment. It's our questions of the week. Harvey, what question have you got for me and Sam this week? Yeah, so I'd like you guys to um, fill in the blanks, basically. Good old blankety blank. <laughs> blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank. I'm going to name some cities and I want you to uh, complete the names of their football teams. So here we go. I've compiled a little list for you. Um, are you ready, my love? <laughs> right. So I'll start off. I'll give you a little... Okay, Leicester. I'll say cheese. Um, Leicester City. 1-0 to Johnny. Well done. Charlton. Athletic. Oh, he's back in the game. 1-1. One, one. Well done, Sam. Did you do cartwheels in, in their ground or something? No, a fun story about that. I, uh, my granddad used to work for a certain newspaper and uh, they used to have their <laughs> Christmas parties at Charlton Athletic Football Ground. So I spent many a Christmas there. It's brilliant. You do get around the grounds. Wolverhampton. The Wolverhampton Warriors. Oh, so close. Wanderers. 2-1 to Sam. This is fun. Can we just do this every week? 
All right, uh, we've got three to go. Or now we've mentioned this one, so this is going to be a quick fire round. Leeds. United. 2 2. He's pulled it back. All right, going to go straight in with Tottenham. Hotspurs. Oh, 3 2, Johnny. Sam to level it up. Johnny to extend the lead and finish it off. The last one, Chelsea. United. No. Chelsea FC. Wow. Well, it was a trick question because there is none. It's just Chelsea. But when people do tend to lengthen the name, it's Chelsea FC. So that's an, an astounding win for, for Johnny Weston, whose father laid bricks, not slabs, at St Andrews. Blankety blank, blankety blank. England may have crushed out, but I certainly haven't. I've pulled it back. Earlier in the podcast, we mentioned that Chicago had celebrated its 24th anniversary. Harvey, can you name each of the West End theatres that the current revival has played in? How many are there, first of all? Give me a clue. Okay, right. We have four. I think I've got a chance here. The Adelphi Theatre. Correct. Um, I'm also, okay, St. Martin's Theatre, no, because Mousetrap's been there for about 500 years. I know that much. Ambassador's Theatre. Close, very close. Queen's Theatre. No. The Gillian Lynn. No. So you're saying the Ambassadors, the Queens, the Gillian Lynn and the Adelphi? Those are my guesses, yeah. Okay. Well, you've, you're going home with, with one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are missing the Garrick, the yep. Phoenix and the Cambridge. Really? Well, if you've got this far, I hope you've enjoyed and I really hope you've learned something. Join us next time for more showbizy theatrical footy hooligan banter. (laughs) 